Hi everyone, I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to Tech Class Talks, a podcast by students for students. And I'm Holly Stewart with a brand new episode for people who are passionate about looking after our planet. Please welcome today's guest, Ellen Delph. Hello Ellen, how are you? Oh, hi, Holly, I'm good, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? I have been working in the construction industry for about 10 years now. Um, after I graduated from Robert Gordon's University with a degree in quantity surveying. Um, more recently, I've been getting involved in the circular economy side of uh, construction, um, developing ways to repurpose uh, material that is destined for landfill. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm involved in that project at the moment. Prior to that, I worked on the Aberdeenshire Council HIP housing improvement program which is retrofitting the stock of council houses over a five-year plan just to make them more energy efficient um, and also worked as an estimator and assistant QS in other businesses as well. Cool so our first question um, construction makes up 39% of greenhouse gas emissions globally what are the main factors that contribute to this figure? Um, there is a lot of things that will contribute to that, but the main two are the running of the buildings, i.e. powering and heating of both poorly insulated homes and gas and electric heating systems, and also the infrastructure, i.e. roads and railways, um, that contribute to that greenhouse emissions. Great. So when you say the railways and stuff, is that the kind of um, transport aspect of it? Yes. So it's the buildings being run and the the traffic networks being used by vehicles. So is it kind of the use of energy that contributes to the um, greenhouse gas emissions through that? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously most vehicles are run on petrol and diesel at the moment. So that is a fossil fuel, which has very high CO2 equivalent emissions. Mm-hmm. The running of buildings on either gas or electric, again, high. it's more... For that one, it's more the duration, the lifespan of a building compared to a building can be constructed within less than six months. If you think of the lifespan of a building over 100 years and then the deconstruction of it again, which could be a matter of weeks, if you use the ratio of energy used over the construction, the running of the building and then the demolition or deconstruction, then the majority of it is within the running of that building to heat and light the building. That's really interesting. Um, it takes us quite nicely onto the next question. Um, why does the impact on the environment vary with the, um, the quality of the design and the construction of buildings? Um, I think there's three things to consider here for the efficiency of the building is determined by the building material used, the construction method and the design. So the more efficient the thermal values of the building envelope, the less resources will be required to heat and cool the building. So obviously if you have more insulation, mm-hmm. then the house or the building will be more energy efficient, requiring less heating and cooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the construction method, if the building is constructed using an off-site method versus on-site, the building envelope is not compromised in the same way that an on-site construction is subjected to a non-controlled environment. So when um, elements of a building can be constructed within a warehouse, um, it ensures 
that there is continuity within the build. It also ensures workers have all the equipment they have to be required to hand, allowing them to be more productive. Uh, they are working in a safer environment when it's a controlled environment, and it also reduces waste. Um, and I think all that in turn improves the quality when all those items can be controlled, the quality has to also be improved. And the last one is the design. So design has changed in recent years. Uh, it's been dictated by building regulations and building standards. For example, where a building's energy efficiency is required to achieve certain new values and incorporate renewable energy, that has all changed recently um, in that the new values are being tightened so that they're lower, which means that the building has to be more energy efficient. Mm -hmm. And also, I do believe that they are also the strong guidance to incorporate renewable energy into new builds, mm -hmm. such as PV and um, air source heat pumps and things like that. Right. Um, would you mind explaining for people who are a bit slightly unfamiliar, how does the use of energy contribute to like carbon dioxide emissions? So, for example... Uh, transportation. So the transportation sector generates the largest share of greenhouse gas emissions. Uh, greenhouse gas emissions from transportation primarily come from burning fossil fuels for our cars, trucks, ships, trains and planes. Yeah. So really it's the burning of the fuel. So when we use any vehicle, you're burning that fuel. Yeah. When you get in a car, to, you know, when you use diesel, it's burning it. So that is then creating these uh, greenhouse gases. Um, electricity production generates the second largest share of greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and again, that's from burning fossil fuels, mostly coal and natural gas. So I think just from those two alone, we can see clearly how those greenhouse gas emissions are produced. Yeah. And if we move to, I'm going off track a bit here, but if we move to more electric electric vehicles or electric heating it's then how is that electricity produced we cannot create gas you know that's a fossil fuel we cannot create that whereas electric we can through wind turbines um pv panels solar panels things like that great thank you so much for um just that explanation there during your career how has construction progressed to be a more carbon efficient industry ah uh, the construction industry has progressed to consider ways to reduce CO2 from new buildings uh, by the use of renewable power sources, in particular PV and solar panels, air source heat pumps, and ground source heat pumps. Um, I don't think it's moved um, massively in the last 10 years, but with the big push for Scotland to go net zero by 2045, there's definitely um, a big push on it now. I know that I believe gas heating systems are no longer to be installed in any buildings post-2025. So how can we reduce the use of non-renewable resources in the construction industry and in turn increase the use of sustainable resources? So renewables are more expensive than non-renewables. To achieve client buy-in on renewables, yeah. the benefits and long-term financial savings need to be demonstrated in addition to the building use being more flexible to encourage the client to remain in the property for longer. If they're in the property for longer, the payback time on renewables can be achieved. Yeah. So things like PV panels, that if you were doing a comparable of your electricity bill versus cost to install PV, it's usually about an eight to 10 year payback. Yeah. So say if you spent say a thousand pounds on electricity each year to get that same energy, you would cost you about 10,000 pounds on PV panels. So that would work out at a thousand pounds per year over a 10 year period. 
So a lot of people, if they don't think they're going to be in, a, in their property for that 10 years or longer, it, it's just not a feasible option for them. Why would you spend £10,000 when you think you might only be there for five years and move on? So yeah, it really needs to just be highlighted what the cost benefits would be. And also building design maybe needs to be um, a bit better for where people would maybe envisage staying in properties for longer. That's very interesting, actually. So for our next question, what is currently being done within the Scottish construction industry to tackle climate change? And is there maybe anything that you would think um, would help reduce the impact the construction industry has on climate change? Um, at the moment, there is a big push on using electric vehicles for all businesses. Um, including construction because funding and interest-free loans so I mean that in one sense is good but in the construction industry you know when vehicle fleets could be driving all over the country um, there doesn't seem to be any options at the moment that would support an electric vehicle fleet given the distance electric vehicles can travel at the moment before needing to be charged up Um, so the thought is there but the implementation is not in terms of that for construction. Uh, Companies are also being encouraged to measure their scope one, two, and three, which is optional emissions, to determine their CO2 equivalent output. Yeah. And then to create a plan on how they will be reduced year on year. That, again, I've been doing that for the company that I work for, and yet I was at a training session yesterday, and of all the delegates that were there, I was the only one that had managed to calculate their own business's carbon footprint because it just seems to be that all the information isn't in one place it's, and it's taken me a while to do it because it's bits of information here there and everywhere if the government could just issue standard documents that were editable to work within the business that you were recording then just a, a plan of this is how you do it because it's not actually very complicated yeah certainly not for one scope one and two emissions um so yeah i think uh, just a simple plan issued out to all businesses or accessible to all businesses on how it's easy to record your scope one and two emissions um and then once you've calculated your emissions your well your co2 equivalent then you can see where the big offenders are where what actions are creating the biggest co2 equivalent output and that's when you can then say well what can we do to reduce this um and look into you know is it so electricity would you get pv businesses you know they have um you have that buy-in power with businesses offering PV because, you know, they're in it for the long haul. Yeah. So they can see the benefits of, yes, it might be 10000 or £20,000 over 10 years, but they will see the, the savings after that. Um, another one is that there's more renewable energy sources are being incorporated into new builds. So with the in energy efficiency of new builds required to meet certain standards. So it's the government, they have, Scottish construction has made changes because building regs have changed and they have to make the changes you know to make buildings more energy efficient are we doing enough i don't know because by the uk's um target of 2050 to be net zero yeah 90 percent of the buildings that will still be here by 2050 have already been constructed and they're not going to meet the net zero targets that we've set for 2050 so all those build 90 percent of build all buildings at this moment in time will have to be retrofitted to be more energy efficient so insulated renewable energy installed uh gas boilers removed and replaced yeah you know there's a there's a long way to go yeah um i found it interesting what you said earlier actually about um coming up with the document for the emissions for your company is there a lot of variables involved in that 
Uh, not really. I mean, for scope one and two, that's the easiest ones to do. And it's the only ones that are being really heavily pushed or encouraged at the moment. And all you have to do is measure your, well, calculate your energy usage, so your gas, electric, and your water usage, and then also calculate your waste that um, business produces. And all this is quite easily traceable by getting in contact with the company, so waste management company, energy supplier, and water supplier. And then it's a case of calculating your annual usage. There is a document that I can't remember where I got it from, but it's the conversion factor. So mm -hmm. say if you use 10 kilowatts of energy, it would calculate what your CO2 equivalent is and same with water and waste etc and then once you calculate all that and put in all your conversion it will tell you how what your CO2 equivalent is for that year oh okay yeah it is quite simple but it's just allowing the people to have all that information to hand instead of kind of digging around for it you know it would make things a lot easier yeah um I think that's all the questions I have here is there any other input you'd like to add I think that's it for today Fab. Well, thank you so much, Ellen, for joining us. Um, I certainly learned a lot and I hope everyone listening did too. If you'd like to tune in for more episodes from Texas Talks, then they are all available and I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Bye. Bye.